Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So perhaps the most controversial book I've ever written was The Faith of Barack Obama. I had already written The Faith of George W. Bush. That went fairly well. Obviously, the political right in America liked it, the political left you know, a bit more suspicious of it, but it was just an accurate treatment of the president's faith. When I wrote The Faith of Barack Obama, uh, I I dealt with opposition and criticism like I'd never seen before. Even press outlets uh, were somewhat bigoted in the way they treated it. I had death threats. I had every kind of hassle. And And I think the reason was that You know, of course, the religious right had pretty much dominated American politics, or at least the religious discussion about American politics, for a lot of years. And uh, Barack Obama signaled something new. Uh, He signaled the rise of the religious left, people who were faith-based and wanted to bring their faith to bear in American politics, but who read their Bibles or understood their faith as producing what we would consider to be a left-leaning kind of politic in America. And, uh, and this was coming at the time, by the way, when the religious right was in decline. As you recall, D. James Kennedy had passed away. Jerry Falwell had passed away. Uh, Pat Robertson had been sort of compromised by some extreme statements he'd made. Um, other people had, been, had, been, had sort of fallen aside. And so the, the religious right was very much in decline. And, and so Barack Obama became our president. Well, just before he was elected, I wrote, of course, and released the faith of Barack Obama. And all I did in the book was take his faith seriously. I believed he was a Christian, not a Muslim, but a Christian. Uh, and I believed that he understood his faith in terms of, uh, in basically terms that would lean to or produce a left-leaning kind of politics. So ran through that season, did all the interviews, did all the major media. The book had real impact. It sold very well. And now I'm in the process of updating and expanding that book because obviously uh, we're sitting here recording this in 2011, 2012, of course, is a, another presidential election. Barack Obama obviously will be the Democratic nominee. And so uh, we're going to again have a new emphasis, a, a new airing of religious themes. We might not have Jeremiah Wright in the middle of all of this, um, but obviously the front runner right now is Mitt Romney. You may have Sarah Palin running. You may have Newt Gingrich running, who's uh, sort of uh, newly embraced a Roman Catholic faith, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So all, all of these themes are going to come back around. So as I've been doing the research to update and expand the book, uh, I've been invited to the White House. I've spent time with uh, some of the principals, some of the president's pastors. I've spent time with uh, some of his officials. And there's a very interesting thing happening with Barack Obama's faith. First of all, we all know that as he proceeded through the 2008 campaign, uh, he ended his relationship with Jeremiah Wright. We remember that that famous sermon made the rounds on YouTube where Jeremiah Wright was GDing America. Uh, we, we remember that he appeared before the National Press Club and just did all kinds of antics. And finally, Barack Obama had to end his membership at Trinity United Church of Christ in Chicago, but also ended his professional or at least spiritual or pastoral relationship, so to speak, uh, with Jeremiah Wright. Well, this means that as he, as Obama entered the White House, he was a man without a church, without a pastor, and probably without a real clear religious direction. 
So several things began to happen at that time. First of all, uh, the the Obama family began to test out D.C. area African-American churches. They went to the famous 19th Avenue Baptist Church, which is a historic African-American church in D.C. Um, They went to other churches. Each time they went, it was absolute chaos. Um, I I attend an African-American church in D.C. The the worship, as I'm sure most of you are aware, um, at at most African-American churches is a bit more boisterous, a bit more joyful, a bit more informal. And so that allows people to come up to the president during worship, snap pictures, ask for autographs. It was just chaos. And, And there really couldn't be any worship for the Obama family. There really couldn't be the holy moment. So they decided not to attend a a public church, so to speak, in D.C., and they decided to begin to attend the chapel at Camp David as their primary church. Now, a lot of people on the right criticized the Obamas for this, but the fact is this put the Obama family under the pastorate of an evangelical Navy chaplain by the name of Casey Cash. It's really interesting that this would happen because remember that as Barack Obama entered the White House, All he had had religiously in his life was 20 years under Jeremiah Wright's preaching. And Jeremiah Wright definitely called people to Jesus and called people to be born again. Uh, But he also was very theologically liberal and very politically liberal. So that's what Barack Obama knew. And it's about all that he knew, except for maybe the odd book that he read or the odd sermon that he watched on television or whatever. So now, whenever the Obamas are not uh, busy or overseas on a Sunday, they're at the Evergreen Chapel at Camp David, uh, which is, you know, a couple hours outside of D.C. in the Maryland Mountains. And, uh, and Casey Cash, Chaplain Casey Cash, is preaching the gospel to them. Well, Casey Cash is a serious evangelical believer. I mean, he is a serious man who believes the Bible, believes in miracles. He even wrote a book about the experience of his unit in Iraq and the miracles they experienced. Um, he's, a, he's a former uh, football player, all-American football player at the Citadel and would have played NFL except he had a brain tumor at the time. This was years ago. And so this is a man who is big and engaging with piercing eyes and a big, broad smile, easy to like. But that means that the Obamas are sitting at Camp David hearing the themes that would be familiar in the Baptist pulpit. Uh, Repentance for your sins, salvation in Jesus Christ, the the grace of Jesus for living your life, um, hope and wisdom for the years to come, all of those kinds of things. The idea of calling, the idea of destiny. I mean, all of these themes would be preached there. So what a lot of people on the political right thought was Obama escaping religion or, or evidence of Obama's you know, atheism or Muslim faith or whatever it was people were accusing him of having, uh, maybe his watered-down version of Christianity, the, the fact is that he was actually going to a church fairly regularly that was more conservative and more intense than what he had been attending and, and, and what he might have attended in D.C., The second thing that has shaped Barack Obama's spiritual life since he's been in his office um, is that his his assistant or or, or a man he's really relied upon is a man named Josh Dubois. Now, Josh is a friend of mine. We've spent a good deal of time together. And Josh is the head of the Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. They used to call it the Office of Faith-Based Initiatives under the Bush administration, uh, but now they've changed the name. During the campaign of 2008, Josh was in charge of Faith, uh, faith-based outreach or outreach to the faith community. 
And so he made sure that Barack Obama met with pastors and so on. And, and since during the 2008 campaign, Barack Obama was a little bit uh, at sea religiously, not having a pastor, not having a church. Josh Du Bois, who's a Pentecostal, went a little further than, than he might otherwise have and made sure there were pastors to pray with the, pre- the president-elect or the, or the candidate, made sure there were people who could, who could help strengthen him spiritually. And, uh, and so, in a sense, Josh Du Bois was sort of acting as the, uh, Barack Obama's spiritual facilitator. Well, once Barack Obama took the White House... Um, Josh Dubois received permission to form a team of what they call spiritual advisors. And this included T.D. Jakes. Uh, it included Dr. Joel Hunter from Northland in, California, in uh, Florida. Uh, it, it included a number of other African-American ministers. And this group of people regularly get on conference calls with Barack Obama, pray with him over the phone, check on his spiritual life, um, they also occasionally meet with him face-to-face. Certainly T.D. Jakes has done this regularly. Certainly Joel Hunter has done this regularly. Um, they pray with him. They check on him. They follow up on him. And they also write devotionals for him. Every day, Josh Du Bois uh, sends, sends Barack Obama to his BlackBerry um, a devotional that either is taken from some of the great devotionals in history, my utmost for his highest, for example, or, or the writings of famous African-American preachers, or devotionals that are written by this team of spiritual advisors. And uh, in my upcoming book, I actually have uh, some samples of these written by Joel Hunter, and they're just brief little devotionals uh, that include a prayer uh, that focus on the words of Jesus. They're sort of reading the red series, as they call it. The, the, the word red referring, of course, to the fact that, that many times the words of Jesus in Bibles are printed in red. And so what's happened since Barack Obama has been in office uh, is that while he has separated from Jeremiah Wright and his black liberation theology and theological liberalism, he has almost accidentally, I mean, someone might say in the providence of God, but certainly not intentionally, he has come under the preaching of a Navy chaplain who's a stout evangelical and a team of evangelical pastors uh, who are feeding him regularly in the scriptures. And Dr. Joel Hunter told me in the interview I did with him that, that Barack Obama is undergoing a dramatic spiritual transformation. Uh, when I asked Dr. Hunter if, if Barack Obama would believe some of the things that he said in his earlier books, you know, The Audacity of Hope and Dreams from My Father, the books where he outlined his spiritual life, um, uh, Dr. Hunter said no, he would be very different from that. He would have a very different view. So we don't know what this is going to look like. We don't know what it's going to mean for the presidential campaign of 2012 yet. But what we can be sure of, because what, what I'm reporting to you are things that I've actually sat and done the interviews, asked the people, seen the text uh, as best I can know without actually being in Barack Obama's skin. I'm, I'm, fear, I'm sure of what I'm saying here. There is an entire new spiritual matrix around Barack Obama. It's changing him. It's making him a different man. And I think that man is going to come to the fore, so to speak, in the 2012 campaign. What will this mean? I'm sure we'll be talking about it, but it's going to be very interesting to see the spiritual transformation play out in the campaign of 2012. This Stephen Mansfield podcast was brought to you by the Mansfield Group. Find us at mansfieldgroup.com.